0: Hey guys, welcome to my channel, thank you for joining me, my name is Dr. Tom LeHue, and uh, we are talking about all kinds of things to do with relationships and the Enneagram, and today we're going to give special attention to Type 1, and uh, if you are relating to a Type 1 or you are a Type 1, I hope this will help you in your relationships. Um, In the link below, in the description below, is a link to my website, tomlahue.com. You can book Enneagram coaching appointments to uh, work on getting to a healthier place, moving toward that place of integration uh, or relationship coaching. Um, Like I said, it's right there in the description below. Also a link to my daughter's channels. Um, Grace and Kaylee both have a YouTube channel and they're producing great content. So if you are a nine or an eight, you might really connect with one of them. And uh, also on my website, tomlahue.com, there is a link to certificate programs I'm offering a certificate program in Enneagram coaching so if you want to do what I do and uh, help people using the Enneagram to to uh, see how it can be useful in moving toward healthier places in life I'd love for you to sign up for that program and on May 8th we are beginning our first uh, Enneagram relationship coaching certificate so um, if you uh, are interested in helping people using the Enneagram and it's been a useful resource for you uh, we'd love for you to, to gather with other students on Zoom for a six-week course on uh, either coaching or relationship coaching. So exciting stuff coming up. All right, so today we want to talk about Enneagram Type 1. And of course, I've made a lot of videos. You can look at the playlist on Type 1 and see a lot of videos about their wings and about levels of health and uh, uh, help for the Type 1, all kinds of Content already about type 1 and now I'm doing a series. I'm starting with type 1 on um, on this person in relationships and You know sort of the challenges the difficulties the strengths um, What you can expect what some of the hardships might be or hang-ups might be and uh, I'm pulling from several books on Relationships um, that I've picked up recently um, on the Enneagram and relationships. You know, there's a lot of great uh, content out there now and uh and then there's more on my shelf i've literally got five books on my desk here that i've been plowing through and um you know i want to i want to try to understand ones from that each type from that relationship aspect so let's just dive into some of this information and uh, it's it's helping me and hopefully it'll help you so type one you know called the perfectionist or the reformer okay In relationships we might use the word improver okay so they're going to work to improve uh, their relationship Um, now that's a good thing right I mean who doesn't want better relationships that's the whole point of this video is to have better relationships however there's sort of a dark side to that too right Um, sort of a downside if you are married to an improver then that would suggest that you need or your relationship is always in need of improvement Some types, you know, like let's say nines for example, they might think, why are we always, you know, trying to improve the relationship? Why don't we just enjoy the relationship? Sevens might think that sometimes too, and maybe some other types who just think, you know, do we always have to be making things better? Why can't we just go to work, come home, walk the dog, eat supper, watch TV, go to bed? wake up tomorrow and repeat why do we have to why does our relationship have to be a problem to be solved? Why can't we just love each other and why can't we just enjoy each other and why can't we just relax? Why do we always have to be making things better because the implication is is if we're making things better then things aren't good enough the way they are and that could be um, you know a, a certain tone of offense in that if uh, things aren't good enough, then you're implying that maybe I'm not good enough. And realize that when ones imply in some way that you're not good enough, it gives them a little bit of relief from always beating themselves up. In other words, if the focus of my attention is on how I'm not measuring up, if I'm a one and the focus of my attention is on trying to get better, trying to be better, trying to do the right thing, very highly critical of myself, then if I can move the focus off of me onto the relationship or onto the, the fence being broken or onto jobs at work that aren't being completed or onto you know my spouse or my kids, it gives me a, a moment of relaxation away from being hypercritical on myself. I now get to focus my attention on someone else or something else. So realize that some of that may be going on. That if you have a one in your life that seems overly critical of you, just realize that part of what may be going on is they're 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 taking a break from criticizing themselves. Now that could help us be a little more compassionate with them. Um, I always say that you know eights have a rottweiler that lives on the outside and you know interacts with the world around them and pushes back ones have the Rottweiler on the inside, you know, that's growling at them and scolding them and chastising them and, and all of those things, right? And so we need to be a little more patient with each other, a little more tolerant, a little more loving and accepting and compassionate of one another. And the Enneagram, I think, is really helpful in us seeing not just the flaws that, that we have, but also that all of us are flawed. All of us are, are broken in, in various ways. And so maybe I don't Need to hit the alarm bells uh, in my um, in my world just because I see you, you know, uh, angry. When you see a one angry, you don't need to hit the alarm bells. Just realize that you know you're seeing an anger type get angry. Okay. When you see a seven running off to Las Vegas and spending their paycheck, you know, on ridiculous activities, ridiculous adventures, or their hobbies, their collections, and one last thing they need, just realize you're seeing a glutton act like a glutton. Now that's not an excuse, but don't be surprised when you see a person demonstrating the sin that characterizes their type, okay? When you see a one getting angry, don't lose your cool. Talk them down off the ledge, you know? Um, so let's, let's go into the notes here, stuff that I've collected from my reading and also just some interactions with, with uh, ones and, uh, and some, some thought. Okay, so let's look, at, let's look at the one in relationship. Ones, of course, can be very sincere, thoughtful, conscientious, intentional, um, purpose-oriented, loyal, committed, wants to improve the relationship, wants to improve themselves and, you know, their marriage and their their children. Um, they are they tend to be like mentors or teachers. You know, somebody said that ones, you know, are are like perfectly designed to be parents. You know, they they they're going to be responsible. Think like Mary Poppins is a one. They're going to be responsible, take care of these kids, do the right thing. And could often be misunderstood when they get a little preachy. Remember, the speaking style of the one is preaching. They could get a little preachy and a little bit, you know, overcorrective. But that, but the, you know, the, see the positive. See the positive. Um, one of the authors said, ones are like the glue that holds families together. Um, in many ways, I think twos might might serve that purpose as well. Uh, twos would certainly want to be the glue that holds families together. I think ones might actually be the the glue that holds families together. I think the author was 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 on point there, saying that ones tend to be the responsible one. You know, sure, maybe dad's a seven or a six wing seven, or you know, um, and they they want to have fun, and everybody loves fun, but. At the end of the day, you know, somebody's got to actually plan the vacation. Somebody's got to make sure that there's money in the bank. Somebody's got to make sure that the car is serviced and that the bills are paid and that, you know, the clothes are organized and laundry and all. Well, you know, that's kind of the sphere that ones dominate in, making sure the details. Now, I'm sure not everyone is a detail-oriented person, but when I think of ones, you know, I think of like ISTJs, which ISTJs in the in the Myers-Briggs, I just think of them as kind of being the dump truck. You know, just put it in the truck and I'll make sure it gets done. Uh, now, there can be a certain level of frustration in that, you know, just that, you know, go ahead, you guys go ahead and have fun. and I'll make sure all the work gets done. I'll make sure that everything's put away when it's finished. Once, you know, you might feel like a one is always trying to teach you a lesson. That could get old, right? I mean, that could get old if 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 they're constantly doing the right thing in your presence and you're getting the overtone or the implication it might not even be an implication it might be directly said you know that you ought to be doing this i shouldn't be the only one that has to do this you should be emptying the trash can you should be loading the dishwasher you should be you know cutting the grass and trimming these hedges you'll get the feeling sometimes when a one is doing their tasks that maybe they're trying to show you what you should be doing um you know always teaching always mentoring um okay that that could get a little bit you know realize that at some point you know ones it might be helpful for you to realize at some point like your family is probably just turning that off like you're wondering why they're not feeling guilty and coming out and helping you. I mean, uh, they see me out here doing all this work. They see me over here doing all this, paying attention to all these details. Why aren't they feeling guilty or feeling ashamed of themselves and coming over here and, and, you know, doing it themselves? Realize that not everybody goes to guilt as fast as you do, okay? That might be a revelation for you that because of that oneness that lives within you, it's easy for you to feel guilt. It's easy to feel like, oh, I should be doing this. the sense of responsibility, this weight on my shoulders. Realize that other types on the Enneagram, they might get a, a twinge of that. Like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to, you know, feel guilty right now. Nah, I don't think I'll do that. <laughs> and other types might be able to dismiss that voice of guilt and, and shame a little easier Uh, that compliant you know i need to comply with what needs to be done right now realize that there's some assertive types out there that might think yeah i don't really care i'm going to go do what i want to do instead this could lead to some conflict okay this could lead to some conflict or you know it could also lead to conflict in what if somebody else is of a strong opinion that doesn't think it should be done right now or thinks it should be done in a different way than you do. And if you're always right, as a one, or always trying to get it right, this suddenly becomes a contest not between preferences, but between right and wrong. A lot of the problems in relationships that feel like problems between you're doing it the right way, you're doing it the wrong way, are actually just preferences. And I think that can be a helpful distinction for you if you can sort out you know, is this really a a right and wrong or is this a preference? In fact, I'm gonna add that to my notes because I like that. I'm taking notes on myself. This is the way this is the way sevens, you know interact with information. Remember I'm not a five. I might look like a five sometimes, but I'm not. I'm a seven. So let's see. Um, be sure you distinguish between. Right and wrong And preferences And hopefully my spell checking will get that I got it, it's preferences Okay, so realize that sometimes The things that, you know, you're grumpy or upset Or frustrated about Or why can't people just, you know, do the right thing Or why can't You'll notice that with ones too Like when they don't know what to do The default is do the right thing um, In fact, let me put that down in my notes too When in doubt, ones will, quote, do the right thing. Now, of course, that brings up some questions, right? What is the right thing? And everybody has a worldview on which they base, you know, what is the right thing. But realize that, you know, your people that you associate with or work with and sometimes even live with, Don't necessarily agree that that's the right thing. What about if a one, um, you know, wants to do the right thing and the two that lives with them wants to do the nice thing? Right and nice aren't always the same. Or what if a one is with a three and the three wants to do the thing that will move the agenda ahead? You know, that might be a little shady on the side, but. It'll, it'll get the job done and is very pragmatic and goal oriented and the one is slowing down the works because, no, we got to make sure all the permits are filed and, you know, filled out and all of that. So, doing the right thing could be defined differently. Realize that. that that's going to be a wake up moment for some ones that the right thing is defined differently, maybe by each type, you know. What's the funnest thing? Or the most exciting thing? Um, what's the thing that is going to protect you? So, Or what's the thing that is going to make me most comfortable? May seem like the right thing to some other types. So we could argue the right thing all, all day long, and chances are you're gonna end up doing the right thing alone. And this is where ones and eights, and maybe some other types, where they sometimes win battles and lose wars. I think that is such a helpful analogy to to consider is, you know, you can see this very, I can see this very often with ones and how they raise their kids. You know, they're winning the battle, the child is not allowed to get an earring or the child is not allowed to have long hair or the child is not allowed to watch, you know, the walking dead or whatever the thing is and that has become, you know, the symbol of you will obey and you will do the right thing and you will respect the authority in this home and it's like okay, you won that battle. And I get it. I'm a parent. My wife and I have set have 5 kids. So, I get it. And seven has a line to one, right? And so when I get upset or frustrated or irritated, I can look like an angry one there for a little while. I get it, you know, that at least in a tiny little bit, I get it. But I think ones could run the risk easily of, you know, I'm creating a child with character and a child with integrity and a child that will follow the rules and a child that will be responsible. Okay, and that is awesome, that is awesome. I don't want to downplay that at all. Just I want you to see that, but uh, okay, you're a parent and you're being a parent and I appreciate that, but you know, there's another side to parenting. Let me just say it this way. Rules without relationship will always lead to rebellion. Rules without relationship will always lead to rebellion and it's not just your responsibility to correct, you know, scold, um, mentor. It's also your responsibility to nurture, care, love, compassion, and just have fun. Have fun with your kids. Play with them. Um, And I think healthy ones, look, they have that line to seven. Healthy ones start to relax a little bit and say, look, none of us are gonna do this perfectly, none of my kids are perfect, they're not going to become perfect, and maybe that is okay. Maybe I can relax a little bit. And yeah, I mean, when they need correcting, we'll correct them. But they don't need correcting all the time. Some things, and especially if you're a one-wing two, you have a difficult time leaning over into that nine of, you know, maybe I can just let this go, maybe this isn't a big deal, maybe they'll figure it out over time on their own, maybe someone else will say something that that makes it make sense to them, maybe I'm not going to be the one that needs to teach them all the time, or in every situation. It can be hard, it can be hard for a one to see something that is frustrating them, that is incorrect, um, and and, Decide that the best course of action is benign neglect, but oftentimes ones the be- and and a lot of other types. Um, uh, you know, a lot of times the best course of action is just ignore it. You know, kids are going to do stupid things. Kids are going to be rowdy. Kids are going to be, uh, and even husbands and wives. You know, there's going to be critical words that are said. Uh, there's going to be angry looks or disappointed looks or um, you know head wagging you know there's going to be there's going to be little um, nuanced in some of it you don't need to we don't need to interact with all of it we would be better off if we didn't interact with all of it some of it we could just ignore and that can be hard for ones and I'm sure for other types as well so Dedication. Responsibility. The stable friend. Isn't that a nice word? The intentional friend. Uh, I like that intentional because it has the idea that ones aren't necessarily going to be in relationship with people by chance. It suggests that if a one is relating to somebody, it's probably because they want to or, or because they have to because of work. But ones um, aren't just going to end up maybe in relationships with people without thinking it through without this is a good thing and this is a right thing and I've thought this through and I'm working to improve this relationship if it's going to be a hopeless chaotic mess you're going to see a one probably back away from it and say yeah this isn't going to work out this isn't going to work for me um, so, the intentional friend, intentional also in that they're moving things forward. They're moving things, what they believe, of course, in a right direction. Often, the natural leader in a family structure, you know, somebody you can count on. Ones are managers. Ones are like born managers. And let me take this and let me organize it, clean it up, and make it better. And I'm going to leave it cleaner. I'm going to show up early. I'm going to stay late. And I have that sense of duty and responsibility that all of us appreciate. Um, But I think it's helpful for you to remember as a one That we're not your employees, okay um, I could see ones, you know, going, you know To the aircraft carrier and barking orders at everybody And everybody obeys and listens and chain of command and all of that And then they go home and they bark orders And their kids, you know, tell them No thanks, I'll do what I want and that being extremely frustrating because a one expects to be listened to, respected, and obeyed, maybe. And what if the people in your life aren't doing that? Of course, the first thing you're going to think is, well, I need to turn up the intensity. Maybe. But what I'm saying is maybe you need to turn up the relationship. Maybe maybe the, these, these people that you're living with don't feel like you're uh, available to them in a relationship, you're commander in chief. And remember that the people that you live with aren't your employees, they're your family. And so one has a two wing, right? To say, be nice, nurture, be compassionate, uh, focus the attention on helping others, not just getting it right because a 1 could be a little bit of a hanging judge. You know, I mean if you're a 1, tell me I'm wrong, okay? But a 1 given to themselves, if they just locked into their 3-year-old personality that often is in the driver's seat, you could be a little bit of a hanging judge, you know, a little bit of judge and jury and, you know, you get what's coming to you. That 2 wing says compassion, grace, kindness, warmth, love, connection. You're winning the battle, but are you winning the war? What is it you really want? The war is I wanna have a loving family. I want to have a loving marriage. I want to have an intimate, close relationship of respect and mutuality between my spouse, my kids, my family. You might be working against that goal in your in that moment, you're so driven by getting it right or them getting it right, that you might be working against your own stated goal, winning battles and losing wars, okay? And of course you have that nine wing that says, maybe you should just be quiet. Maybe you don't need to say anything else. I think both of those are necessary. And if you're low in one of those, then you know what direction to start to lean into. So deep down, ones love to have fun but can be overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done and everything that's out of order and everything that's not in there's the you can hear the frustration when i when i start to go down that road and if i can pick up that frustration and i'm not a one i can only imagine what it's like to be in the one's head and i think again there's that compassion that i can have i don't know what it's like to live in the head of the one so i need to have compassion for them they appreciate a partner who is loyal, committed, and can be depended on. Okay. Well, I guess all of us do, but maybe not to the same degree. Does not just enter into relationships with people without thinking it through. Can become intolerant, inflexible, highly judgmental, obsessed on fixing everything they see. Now, how do you feel as a one, if you are a one? How do you feel when you hear that? There's a part of you that might say, yes. Why would anybody not be? I mean, why would anybody live in a different way? That's ridiculous. That's the way you should live. Let me read it again. Can become intolerant, inflexible, highly judgmental, obsessed on fixing everything they see. Okay, when you hear that, I hope you hear that, can you hear that from a different perspective, which is your nine wing, learning to see things from different perspective. Like, that's gotta be hard to live with, right? Maybe you've never seen it that way before. That it's gotta be hard to live with somebody who is so hard on themselves and can be hard on others. You know, um, I have all kinds of respect for you know the school principal uh, or the police chief, but it can be hard to live with the school principal. It can be hard to live with the police chief. The tendency to try to fix everything and always be responsible and always do the right thing and always make sure we, your family, are being responsible and doing the right thing. You know, that's a lot of pressure on you, isn't it? Um, Yeah, but I can't do it any other way. Really? You don't have choices in your life. Most people have choices in their life, but not you. Okay, we all have choices in our life. relaxing a little bit is not going to hurt you leaning into that nine and saying "Eh, maybe i can let this one go you're not going to fall into the nine abyss you know you're a one you're going to remain a one and if you let it go like a nine or you show compassion this time like a two and focus on nurturing and caregiving you're not going to fall into this abyss of and not be true to yourself. Those are your wings. They're a part of your personality. Maybe you could learn to lean on those a little bit. It might help you go to seven. It might help you look more like a seven and be a little more lighthearted. Uh, that focus on fixing what is incorrect could cause you to, first of all, just be exhausted all the time. How many ones are exhausted all the time? Do I have your attention now? It could also... Um, help you be a lot more relatable to the people in your life if you could be a little bit more laid back um now i guess you know one wing nines maybe you could be a little too laid back you might try to you might lean into that nine a little too much you know and only pick certain areas of your life like work or or uh, you know your religious life, or something, where you're focused on making things perfect, and then the rest of your house might look a little bit too laid back. It could be a little slob, slobbish. Probably not a problem for the one wing twos, but maybe, maybe more so with a one wing nine. So it, it you could end up exhausted, frustrated, and frustrating to live with. Just realize that. Uh, we want to love you, right? We live with you. We want to love you. But you can make it difficult for us if if um, we are always got to be fixing things. We've always got to be making things better. Ones can often see themselves as the only adult in the room. I'll just let you think about that one for a while. Maybe you're laughing right now. Yes! Yes! I'm the only adult in the room. Um... That can be, uh, you know, a lonely place to be. Ones have a line to four, right? And so here's where the one starts to look a little bit like a four. Like I'm the only adult. I'm misunderstood. You know, I'm not belonging to the group. Um, I'm being left out. I'm being stuck doing all the heavy lifting, carrying all the burdens. Um, the only adult in the room. Another thing is you. When your focus is on competency and getting things right, your eye goes to what is off. You can't help it. Your eye sees what's not folded correctly, or your eye sees that those blades of grass got missed by Sonny out there trying to cut the grass. He missed those blades of grass. Of course, you're not necessarily, what's not obvious to you is all that is already right in the world. And, you know, that's got to be exhausting to focus your attention on what is off or what is wrong or what is incorrect or what should be done better or what. It's got to be exhausting to not see everything that's right. You know, imagine a hundred tennis balls and they're all yellow. And then there's two of them that the yellows aren't there and there's, they're orange instead. So you got this, this floor filled with all these tennis balls and there's two orange ones and 98 yellow ones. Which ones are going to catch your attention? Which ones are going to catch your eyes? Well, of course, the two orange ones are the ones that are going to catch your eye. That's where the focus of your attention is going to go. So when a one sees walks into a house, what do they see? They see those shoes are left out. Those dishes are on the counter and and then you know who's responsible for this and why is this like this and this needs to be taken care of and again I want you to see that some of why that's happening is it feels good to get the camera off of my own flaws and to look at the flaws that other people or flaws that are out there external to me because it's exhausting to see my own flaws all the time um, but what I also want you to see is there's 98 tennis balls that are exactly as they should be. You can focus your attention on what's off, or you can say, "Wow, 98 times out of 100, it's exactly right." And I get it. I'm a seven. I'm an optimist. I'm, a, I'm the most. The sevens are the most optimistic on the enneagram. The most positive on the. Enneagram. But don't don't miss the obvious thing here. Is that 98 times out of 100 junior got it right 98 blades of grass out of 100 they're perfect why does my attention always have to go to the two that are off and then feel like i need to fix that what am i really trying to fix am i trying to fix the tennis balls or am i trying to fix something else that might put you in a counselor's office okay what is it you're really trying to fix okay So, they may have a hard time regulating between the tension of wanting to be honest while at the same time trying to be nice. Because, you know, the one understands that it's not nice to bark, yell, and holler at people. And so there's this tension, right? Of, I wanna get those tennis balls straight. I wanna get those dishes cleaned up. I wanna get that, that work order invoice. It should be in by now. But also, the one has this desire, especially a one wing two, you know, has this desire to, at the same time, not come across in a mean, harsh tone, yet everything with you now look what's happening. Pressure, pressure cooker, right? What will build up is resentment. That's what we got to be careful about is resentment. So ones, you need to be you need to be direct, you need to handle things. Try not to let the resentment and the anger build up. So you got to speak your mind. You gotta you gotta show up and you gotta say, hey, this is this is not this is incorrect. Yes, okay. But in a cautious, careful way, because I don't want to let that build up. Um, And so I need to release that tension. It might be by handling it. And again, it might also be by saying, you know what, maybe this isn't a hill worth dying on. Maybe this isn't a big deal, or maybe I can take care of this later. Um, So I think, okay, be direct, be straightforward, be cautious and careful as well. Remember that Getting everything right at work, but nobody wanting to relate with you or everybody thinking you're a jerk and not wanting to work with you is not your probably your desired goal here. So make sure you keep the big picture uh, in view as well. Okay, so their criticisms of the external world, give them a break from continuously criticizing themselves, dedicated to ensuring that everyone's needs are met and problems are resolved and the relationship continues to grow. And again, that's awesome. I'm glad that you want your relationship to get better. Just realize that the person you're with might think, why do we need to constantly be dissecting this? Um, or dissecting it in these ways. You know, what I really long for is connection and closeness. And the one is thinking, what what I really long for is you to get a job. And so that one could be so scratchy, so strikey, because... You know, it's implying that you're lazy or that you're not competent or that you're, you're not, you know. And, you know, you might be with somebody who wants to improve the relationship, but they don't want to improve it in the ways that you do. You know, they want to improve it in the way you're relating to one another, in your communication styles. And the ones thinking, I just want you to pick up a shovel and go out in the yard and, you know, get that post buried. That's the way we need to improve this relationship. Okay, where are we now? Uh, As they move uh, toward health, ones can be more realistic about how they have fallen short and more accepting of the way things actually are. Not always able to articulate what they are feeling, ones might need help being more vulnerable. Um, Interesting. Let's see dedicated to ensuring that everyone's needs are already read that one their idealism remember sevens ones and fours are all idealists meaning this could be better fours this relationship could be more you know ones that laundry could be folded straighter sevens why are we not on jet skis right now so we're all idealists realize that your idealism can drive you toward others Or it could drive you away from others. When they're not measuring up, it might drive you away from others um, instead of toward them. And it happens with me as a seven, so I get it, you know. You get frustrated that things aren't better. Ones also are in the competency group. Ones, threes, and fives are in a competency group, meaning they want uh, to be competent at what they're doing. You know, ones get it right, threes win, fives to know all the right information. Okay. What else do we in here? Seek the good, honorable, perfectly imperfect in themselves and others, rather than chasing their elusive ideals. So your elusive ideals could, in other words, think of it like this: Every time you're angry, realize part of the part of the reason why you're angry is you thought things were going to work out differently. Okay. So what are you? What really is causing your anger? That somebody did the wrong thing, or that somebody didn't get it done correctly or that you expected it to be done in a different way, part of what's making you angry, part of what's frustrating you, is your high expectations. Well, what are you saying? That I should just lower my expectations? Sometimes. Sometimes. It might do you better to not expect everybody to have the same operating system you have that's one of the things the Enneagram shows us is that other people in your family who are not ones they don't see the world the way you see it well then they're wrong that's part of the way you see things is right and wrong not everybody sees it that way so just realize that part of the reason why you get frustrated is your standard um, is not being lived up to and you can then go about trying to fix the world to meet your standard. Or maybe you can say, you know, maybe my expectations, maybe my standards, maybe my, maybe they are not shared by everybody else. And realize this, that other types, everybody, is doing what makes sense to them. Okay. Um, It may not make sense to you why they don't value the same things you value, but realize to them, to their operating system, you know, they're doing what makes sense to them. So we could all be a little more compassionate. So they don't want to compromise their desires and may have a laundry list of non negotiables uh, in relationships, you know, high standards, non negotiables. Just hear that word, non negotiable if I can't negotiate with you, can I have a relationship with you? Isn't relationships constant negotiating? You know, not compromise, I win, you lose, or I give up part, you give up part. Compromise isn't great. Negotiation is great, where we both come to an agreement. But if I can't negotiate with you, if it's non-negotiable, I may get the implication that I can't really have a relationship with you. And so maybe I'll just give up and just become your roommate, you know, or just try to stay out of your way, or we'll end up just independent, you know, bedfellows. We'll end up just independent of one another, trying to coexist in the same arena, but not really close. Okay. Is that really the war? Is that what you want? Is that your goal? Is that what you hope for? Is just to end up in a home where everybody's doing the right thing, but nobody loves each other? Of course not. Of course not. Um, but, 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 but. Ones usually know what they are, what they are looking for out of, and want out of a relationship. So ones, of course, value honesty and integrity. They can become frustrated if they feel like other people are not being honest. Or responsible They may struggle If their home feels a little chaotic You know, maybe you're married to somebody who likes chaos Who enjoys chaos Who thrives In spontaneous chaos the, Or you have a child Maybe you have a child like that um, A child that's a silly heart I Remember uh, what um, Willy Wonka Said, A little nonsense now and then is relished by the wisest man. Right? So sometimes a little nonsense can be good. You have you, you have a line to seven. You yourself have a line to seven. Remember when you were more childlike? Can you remember a time when life was a little bit easier and there wasn't so much pressure and there wasn't so much stress? Do you remember when you were a little more playful and life was a big adventure? Don't forget that. That's still in you, okay? It's still there. It's still tied to your personality. You have a line to seven. And it can be very frustrating, you know, when you're trying to get everything put away and, you know, your wife decides she wants to have a pillow fight or your child runs up behind you and squirts you with a squirt gun. Um, In that moment, uh, it's like you're being tested. You know, what's my priority here? Getting the pillow straight or having a close bond with the people in my life? This is getting real personal real quick, I know. This, it, the Enneagram is a window to the soul, and it, it hurts. It's painful. Growth is painful. Real growth is painful. You can go to the bookstore and buy all kinds of books on how to grow, and none of them be painful. The Enneagram, when we start digging in, and we start looking at ourselves in the mirror, and we start facing the, the way our personality is trying to self-protect us and regulate us, it can be quite painful but it's a powerful journey that we're on. And I'm glad you're on this journey with me. Okay. So, they might feel a little bit uh stressed when the home feels a little chaotic or out of balance or isn't being managed properly. You're a manager, remember? And you might feel like they're not they're they're letting the kids get away with too much, you know. They're not those kids are never going to learn. They're never going to Maybe they're just having fun. Isn't fun a good, a good, good value? Isn't fun good? Isn't it good to have fun? Good. Isn't it right? Uh, isn't it good for kids to be kids? Okay. Remember, I'm a seven, so I see things a little different than you do. All right. They may resent others who are not being responsible enough. Not realizing that everyone has different things they care about, ones may feel like others are wrong and lazy and therefore bad for not caring about the same things I care about. You might feel like the one is taking over, you know, they just kind of like grab the keys and and take control. You're like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be a compliant type? Come on, you look like an eight. Ones often feel like others are going to let them down, so they might as well just go ahead and get it done right the right way themselves. Ones could have a hard time working on teams because I don't know that those people are going to get it done right, so I'll just take responsibility. Just put it in the truck. That's why I say, like, the dump truck, right? Just put it in the truck. I'll do it myself. Ones may shut down or withdraw when entering into a stressful situation. Um... Because if I let the lid blow and these people really see, you know, the frustration and the anger, that can be a, a pressure cooker. Difficult for the one to negotiate that. So they might shut down and back down because they don't necessarily want to just open up and say everything that might be going through their mind. There might be other reasons. I don't know. But that's that's my, my, my guess. You may see them become angry, um, but they typically want to control that. They want to not let that volcano blow at least not it to the degree in which it could so they might want to mitigate that a little bit they do not want to lose it emotionally so they focus their attention on remaining calm and composed and they kind of go into their head and try to solve the problem like okay well, let's break this down and let's work on this what they might really want to say is you're incompetent you're lazy and that's why we're in this mess but they might keep a lid on that, and 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 then, okay. Well, then let's solve this problem. I can't just lash out at my boss. So let let's let's break this down. Let's try to solve. So you might see them go into their head um, when they really just kind of want to let loose. May need some time to process their feelings. They long for unconditional love, but may not feel like they're worthy of receiving it or that other people are worthy of them giving it to them. Worth and value, you know, they're right next to that worth and value group. Um, They might feel themselves to be flawed, like they're not measuring up or they're not getting things right, or that you're flawed. But remember they have a line to four and that feelings of unworthy, right, inside. They may use criticism as a way of equalizing the playing field. Again, take the attention off themselves and that feels like I can relax for a moment, and if I can see all of the problems in you or in this relationship, you know, then it's not I'm not the only one that's flawed. They may be mechanical when it comes to intimacy, um, like they're completing a task on a to do list. Um, on the other hand, they could view the intimate relationship, you know, I'm talking about the husband and wife, like. Adam, New Eve, okay, that kind of relationship, they might view that as a way to just kind of relax from the pressures of this world and um, release control and relieve pressure Ones would like to be able to relax in the relationship and show their true selves, their true feelings They may feel great pressure trying to be the perfect partner in relationships <clears throat> This pressure to be the perfect partner or to be the responsible partner or the adult in the marriage can become crippling and maybe prevent you or the people that you're relating to from experiencing life to the fullest. In other words, your desire to get it right can be making it wrong. Because we can't just relax and just be a couple. We can't just relax and just, you know, let our let our guard down and just enjoy each other because there's always something that needs to be be pointed out there's always a couple of tennis balls that when you can just walk in the room and say yeah there's a couple of orange tennis balls it's no big deal Um, now you can enjoy yourself you can relax you can have fun you can let your hair down you can you can be intimate you can be but if you can't be intimate until the fence is painted There's always going to be more fences that need to be painted There's always going to be other things that Okay So if you could work on self-acceptance a little bit Like accepting the world around you as it is And realizing that, you know, things aren't exactly the way they ought to be And, and that's part of why I'm here I'm here to help that And I'm never going to get it all done I'm never going to get to everything on the to-do list um, And I don't have to um i'm I'm going to relax a little bit and take my time and and laugh along the way smell the flowers along the way okay so what can you do if you're relating to a one well let them know how much you appreciate them be specific you know and point out hey thank you for taking care of this i really appreciate that you're probably you might get the oh great you might you might get that show of appreciation but even if you don't, don't let that stop you from showing appreciation. Because the one might be thinking, it's not good for me to show that I need that appreciation. I should just be doing the task because it needs to be done, not because I want somebody to say thank you. Look how complicated that is. Right? So you walk up to Marty and you say, Marty, great job on, um, on, on fixing that tool bench. Man, I really appreciate that. Now Marty, who's a 1, might say, thanks man, that means a lot, okay? But he's just as likely to say, what? Don't worry about it. It's nothing. It needed to be done, so I did it. And you might think, wow, he doesn't really want my appreciation, so I won't do that anymore. Don't let that deter you from showing appreciation. What might actually be going on in Marty's head is... I shouldn't be doing these things because I need somebody to slobber all over me. I should be doing these things because they need to be done. That's the right reason to do these things. So when they tell me they appreciate what I did, what? I can't show that I need that, although they may very well need that. So don't let that deter you from showing appreciation. Show it anyway. You know, I remember a one in my life who if you paid for his dinner, he wouldn't say thank you. Because, what? No, you don't, You they, people don't want to point it out what they've done for others. If, if they didn't want to do it, they wouldn't have done it. Don't make a big deal about it. You know, and if he bought your dinner and you said, thank you, I appreciate that. What? Nothing, it was nothing, don't worry about it. Because if I didn't want to do it, I wouldn't have done it. And so you might get into a habit of expecting that guy to pay for dinner and not saying thank you, which then he might resent. Why aren't you saying thank you? see, it gets complicated. So just, what the principle is this. Say thank you, say you appreciate it, even if they tend to blow it off and not accept it, okay? Um, It's always right to say thank you. It's always right to say please. Let them know that they can depend on you. Be responsible help if you want to connect with a seven go do fun things with them get into their black book and when they say i'm going to disney world who wants to go if you want to connect with a seven go be their recreational companion if you want to connect with a one you might have to do things that you don't want to do you might have to go out and paint the fence with them okay you might have to serve you might have to do some jobs if you want to connect with them you might have to you might have to do the things you see them doing. What are they doing? Go join them in what they're interested in. Go join them, become their companion, and go do what they're doing and help them do it. Realize that you're going to see them get angry. You don't need to hit your alarm bells just because they're getting angry. You might see them get angry, and if you're a 7, you might think it's funny and want to provoke them. Even an 8 might provoke them, right? And think, you know, and and make... Light-hearted cracks wisecracks about them, which may or may not be appreciated. I grew up with old brother who's an older brother Who's a one uh, and so it may not always be appreciated when you see them getting angry And you imitate them. I can tell you they may not appreciate it Um, But if you can not let it destroy your mood if their mood starts to decline right Try not to let it destroy your mood. You stay up here, you stay positive and chances are they'll they'll blow through that little fussy scuffy thing you know that they've got going on, and they'll come back up, they'll relax and they'll come back up. Uh, but if you drop down and you start, why do you have to be like that? I'm just trying to help you. I could be doing all kinds of things, but I came out here to help you in the yard and this is the way you're going to talk to me. I'm done. and that's what happens right there. Is you overestimate the importance of their little their little grump fest okay realize when you see a one getting angry they're an anger type okay their sin is anger have a little bit of patience have a little bit of compassion with it now I'm not saying let them smack you around okay believe me don't excuse their anger when they're being ugly, harsh, rude, mean, and and violating and hurting or abusing. No, that shouldn't be excused. I'm just saying, when you see them, gosh darn tool, I don't know what to, why would they put things away? This is, when you see that kind of stuff, let it go, okay? You could talk to them about it maybe later, but don't, okay. My opinions, my opinions. You do what you want, okay? Um, when you're wrong, when you do something wrong, and the one knows you did something wrong apologize period if you're in the wrong then you have no defense don't try to defend yourself just admit what you did listen it will be worth its weight in gold in the eyes of the one if you admit your failures if you try to deflect and say well i didn't really know and well i wasn't really clear and well it wasn't me that did it first your credibility is declining quickly in their eyes. If you want, if you want to remain in relationship with that one, own your failures. Okay, they'll have all kinds of respect for that. Just say, you know what? You're right. I wasn't, I wasn't being responsible. I'm sorry. I did the wrong thing. I admit it. Okay. I'm wrong. That will be worth its weight in gold. They will probably at that point just say, okay, well, then let's let be done with it and let's move on. Okay, then let's move on. So, when you're wrong, apologize. Um, Own your mistakes and failures. This will go a long way in reconnecting with them. When you have something to say to them, don't beat around the bush. Be direct. Be careful. Be careful that it's not sounding like a lot of criticism. Because when you drop a, a, a pebble of criticism on a one, it lands on them like a boulder. Just keep that in mind. A little bit goes a long way when you are dealing with a 1 and a 2 by the way. So don't take them for granted. You become to expect, well they're going to stay and clean up after a soap. They, they seem to like it. You know, it seems to be their, it seems to be their personality. Ha <laughs> ha! Mom's a 1, so she'll clean up our mess. Okay, you're taking them for granted. Not only are you are not appreciating them, but now you're taking them for granted. And uh, let's not do that. Uh, you begin to expect that they'll handle all the details. They'll carry the heavy weight. They'll carry all the burdens. They'll clean up after us. Make sure you show appreciation. Well, they said they don't. Why do I keep slobbering on them? Don't show appreciation. Just leave it alone. Keep showing appreciation and be careful not to take them for granted. All right. take initiative in the relationship with the one. Maybe you could plan a surprise date. Think, You know, I'm going to do the heavy lifting this time. I'm going to plan everything out. And I realize they might grump and groan that a couple things weren't the way it should have been. But I'm going to take the initiative, take the heavy lifting. I'm going to plan it out so that they can hopefully relax a little bit. Get them into that seven place, you know, where they don't have to be so bogged down with all the details. Um, So... Join them in the household chores. Join them in you know, whatever it is that, that, they're, that the focus of their attention is on. Connect with them while doing a task. Ones need to learn to put themselves in other people's shoes. Ones may need to learn to be nicer in how they approach inadequacies. Ones need to deal with things sooner instead of letting the anger or resentment build up. Accept the people in your life as they are because they are accepting you as you are. Or they're trying to. We're all trying to, right? So let's all try to be a little more accepting of one another. Um, and uh, when you do see them getting angry, remember, don't hit your alarm bells. Try to let it go. But but Dr. Tom, it I don't like it when they yell at me, or I don't like it when they yell, or when they grump, or when they groan, or when they get that angry face, or when they scold, or when they, I know. I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying, don't be surprised and, you know, You might be able to talk about it later, you know. Like maybe when things are in a lighter mood, you might say, you know, when we were working in the yard earlier and you kind of lost your cool there, that was kind of scary, you know. Now I criticize, but you see, that's a very gentle criticism. I didn't say you're a jerk. (laughs) I just said, you know, you were kind of, you were. That was kind of scary. I saw the dog run and hide under a chair. That's probably all you need to say. Um, that little pebble will land like a boulder on a one. I guarantee it. Remember the Louisiana chef. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, we're about out of time. My brain is starting to like you know go off into uh, candy lane Don't hit your alarm bells. Talk to them. Give them space. And um, and. Okay, that's it. All right, so I hope that that is helpful. I hope that's encouraging to you guys who are ones or who are relating to ones. And like I said, you know, all of this is is helping me um, get in the framework, you know, for um, designing a course on coaching relationships from the perspective of the Enneagram. So, all right you guys have a great day, week, year be present to life and that means walking into the room, seeing the two tennis balls and saying nah it's okay rather than I've got to go fix that saying eh, it's okay the way it is you know, it's alright and I'm going to love these people in my life even though they're sometimes we none of us quite measure up all the time so i don't want to miss the good that's there because it could be better okay be present to life guys see you next time